This is Graham Keane. Welcome to this podcast on Engineering Positive Change for 2019. Engineering Positive Change is indeed a strategy for profitable growth. The starting point, as with any intervention, is to diagnose what's driving an individual client's unwanted results and their obstacles to improvement. We have found, working with hundreds of organisations, that the three most common issues are disappointing levels of staff engagement, change that doesn't take root, and frustrating financial results. Frequently, all of these challenges present together, and the secret is to address underlying critical issues with culture, leadership, engagement, and individual potential simultaneously. Happily, that's perfectly sensible because they have roots in common. So let's take a look at those three areas each in turn, starting with improving staff engagement. The first area that I want to consider here is consistently resonant leaders. So training leaders to consistently trigger positive emotions in their followers and thereby win their followership and training them to consistently strike the right balance between doing that while they're also holding their teams to account and making them feel inspired, valued, respected and cared for. That's the route to deep engagement. Whereas leadership interactions that create negative emotions in people are actually the most common cause of disengagement. Why would I engage with an organisation that allows me to be managed by a person who makes me feel disrespected, undervalued? unhappy. So the most common, the most intractable challenge with achieving this is actually consistency. Lots of people are perfectly capable of behaving in a resonant way for the majority of the time, but what happens to them when they find themselves under pressure, when they're stressed? It's then that inconsistency kicks in and undermines their effectiveness, because actually even 2% of inconsiderate or high-handed behaviour will wipe out the benefits of 95%, 98% of, of resonance. Because if every now and then a person behaves in a, uh, an inconsiderate way, people are never sure who came to work today. Is it the leader that they love or is it the tyrant that makes them feel bad? So for people to give their full engagement to the organisation, and their full followership to their leaders, such episodes need to be eliminated. Now, it's not rocket science. Most people understand this, but they don't understand how to do that. In order to eliminate these episodes, they rely on willpower, and willpower always fails. Relying on willpower to control our behaviour and to eliminate these episodes, in fact, is actually the very cause of the dissident episodes that we want to eliminate. So, the answer, then, to bringing about effective changes in this area is a cognitive behavioural change strategy. And we're coming to that in a little while. The second of the of, of three areas within improving staff engagement I want to talk about is embracing positive cultural values as more than just aspirations, as things which are real. 
Now, organizations commonly blur the distinction between their cultural aspirations and the way people actually think and behave. <laughs> and engagement, of course, depends on actual, not aspirational, behavior. Mission and value statements that strongly conflict with what goes on in reality commonly damage engagement because people will see them as insincere or hypocritical or worse, manipulative. However, once actual mindset and behavior are aligned with positive values, then people begin to experience a much, much closer emotional connection with the company and its leadership. They then feel more confident that getting involved closely and committing to achieving the corporation's goals will help them succeed with their own personal goals that they cherish so much. So making cultural aspirations a reality then comes down to winning every individual's commitment to delivering change in their own personal mindset and behavior because cultural change is aggregated behavioral change across everybody in an organization. So again, the way to make sure that we do that in a way that's resilient and lasting is cognitive restructuring. It's a lot more simple than it sounds. So please keep listening. We're coming to it. Then the third element of improving staff engagement is using applied emotional intelligence. Because boosting everybody's emotional intelligence in an organization increases their awareness of and the care they take with each other's feelings and drives. People then become more comfortable that their needs are understood, inevitably creating a deeper and warmer connection with their leaders, their managers, their colleagues. In other words, engagement. So effective emotional intelligence training augments four things, self-management, empathy, resonance, focus on others. So for a lot of people, that's a significant mindset and conduct shift. So we are again in need of cognitive behavioral change strategies if we want that to take hold in people. <laughs> Keep listening, nearly there. Okay, so the second of the three major headings in this on engineering positive change is embedding lasting change. And there are, there are two things I want to talk about briefly about that. The first is universal buy-in. Universal enrollment is, I guess, self-evidently the holy grail of organizational change. Given a just cause and the right strategy, the most common obstacle to universal buy-in is people's fear of job change, fear of job loss, and a lack of belief in the organizations, in their leaderships, and in their own personal ability to deliver change. People are acutely aware that change initiatives often result in job losses. Psychology's contribution is in building self-esteem, which reduces fear and anxiety, by increasing people's confidence that they'll achieve a positive outcome. And if in fact they don't, it increases their confidence in their ability to cope with a negative outcome. So, disengaged employees' belief that leadership can deliver change is weakened, obviously. For example, when they feel dissonant management behavior is being tolerated by leadership, they know change won't work without widespread support, and they know that's not there. So that's another reason for deploying the engagement strategies above. Furthermore, people's doubts that the organization can succeed with change are often fueled by a legacy of failed change initiatives in this or in other organizations. And equally, most 
people are aware of their own lack of success with personal change, manifesting both as fear of the process of change and fear of the personal consequences of a failure to deliver. All of these doubts about the organization's ability to change, leadership's ability to change, and the individual's ability to change, they can all be removed by re-educating people about change as we're coming on to in the next mini-section. People need to be brought to a paradigm shift in their understanding of how change happens in human beings. That gives them a completely new level of belief in people's and organizations' ability to make and sustain change, clearing the way for universal buy-in. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how change happens in people. This is the next subheading in embedding lasting change is cognitive behavioral change strategy. The reason for people's lack of success with change is that they're using the wrong strategy. We have sadly come to an erroneous understanding that change is all about strength of will, strength of character, self-discipline. It is not. Cognitive behavioral psychology changed all that decades ago. Unfortunately for most of us, we've experienced success with change that felt like our willpower did work for us, and that reinforces the misconception. In fact, the change that we experienced actually resulted from alterations in the cognitive processes that are responsible for the thinking behavior we wanted to change. However, because all of that happened in our unconscious mind, we were unaware of it, and we were fooled into thinking it was about willpower. In actual fact, human beings always change by modifying cognitive processes. Psychologists call it cognitive restructuring. Happily, much simpler than it sounds. It's a question of taking control of conditioning inputs to the brain and is surprisingly simply learned. Understanding and then experiencing this process delivers the required paradigm shift in people in terms of their understanding change and their ability to master change. So now we come to the the third element of this discourse on engineering positive change for growth. And it's, it's the one that it's, it all boils down to, really. It's about improving financial results. Again, three areas in here. First one, discretionary effort. You know, occasionally, perhaps more often than occasionally, people whose responsibility it is for looking after engagement statistics, lose sight of our purpose in measuring engagement in the first place. And the goal then becomes improving survey scores rather than improving the particular aspects and elements of engagement that the business needs right now. And those two things are often different. Improved financial performance flows from particular aspects of engagement. It's when employees feel emotionally connected to the organization and when they feel that personal and corporate outcomes are mutually dependent, they're interlinked. That then unleashes optimum levels of discretionary effort. If you haven't heard that phrase before, that's the difference between what's needed to get by and how much people actually choose to put in.
and the productivity benefits of additional discretionary effort flow straight to the bottom line. Next thing, the second of three things, is releasing trapped potential in individual people. You see, effort is one thing, and accessing full potential is another. Achieving full potential, or something close to it, is not about trying hard. We all know hard-working people who don't make it, legions of them. Rather, it involves learning how to work with our psychology and actually our neurobiology for optimal results. Not by conscious effort, but as a matter of the default execution settings stored in our unconscious. It also involves understanding how limiting beliefs are established and how to replace them with more accurate or more empowering convictions. Self-limiting beliefs are a psychological fact of life and they set the level of performance of 99.99% of all human beings, including most elite performers in whatever field you're talking about. The, the trick is to adjust our limiting beliefs to match more of our true potential. So yeah, effectively they become less limiting. And then the, the next point is that personal development psychology has been transformed by positive psychology in, in recent years. Evidence is overwhelming that positivity, optimism, happiness deliver super high performance. And furthermore, unhappily, it turns out that these are largely learned skills and behaviours. So a cognitive behavioural approach ensures that that new knowledge results in real change and in lasting performance increase. Thirdly, influencing skills. You see, research into applied emotional intelligence has resulted in hugely powerful new insights into how human beings influence other, each other most successfully. Simply focusing on the emotional interaction between two parties secures the influence and the opportunity to have their points heard and evaluated on merit. And the results of this are compelling. For example, sales professionals using this basis for influencing have outperformed their equally experienced peers in studies by up to 667%. That presents the most powerful return on investment argument for investing in emotion-based influencing over, for example, expanding your sales forces, as you may have read in Harvard Business Review. CEOs using um, emotion-based influencing skills as a central part of their leadership ethos have, what is more, delivered up to 390% more EBITDA, more profit than their peers. So influencing skills are a major route to additional profitability. So there you have it. In conclusion, I just want to say briefly that the wonderful thing about this approach to profitable business growth is that engineering positive change simultaneously improves business performance and human well-being. So we're doing right by doing good. Interventions to execute the engineering positive change strategy show massive and importantly rapid 
return on investment. So if you'd like to know more about it, please do get in touch. Until then, I want to wish you every success with everything you're working to achieve. Mm-hmm.